and a half talks about aliens, then the type of extraterrestrials that could actually come here, that means they're traveling. They have close to light speed travel, which means they are... Or, or beyond. Maybe. But that, that means they are so far beyond technologically. It's like they're coming to visit a planet of ants. Like they don't, they don't care. So the only real reason they would be here, maybe life is really that rare. And so they're here just kind of checking shit out and kind of just like, it's kind of interesting, maybe. But there's no reason for them to reveal themselves to us, to have a, like a chitty chat with us. Or because be they, they their technology and their intelligence, if they're capable of doing this type of thing, is so far beyond, we wouldn't be able to understand what the fuck they're saying. Like, it's like we're infinitely smarter than ants, but you don't have a conversation with an ant. Like, they don't understand. Yeah, but there's a difference between an ant and a sentient being. I mean... There is, but it's degrees of intelligence. It's a degree of intelligent difference. I agree. It would be... You know, our mouths. Well, at the same, even if even if they could, even if they could communicate, what would they communicate, and why would they do so? Because they have just because they're just benevolent. I mean, it's it's doesn't it's more likely they're here. I mean, if they have ever come here at all, a baseline would be just basic curiosity on kind of what's happening. You know, checking out some different kind of life forms, which may we may be the only other one potentially. Don't know. Or they need resources from this planet, and if they need resources, there ain't nothing we can do against that, and we're screwed. So I think most likely, if they were to come here at any point in the future where they would reveal themselves to us. Like, that's something we shouldn't look forward to. Because if they do, we're screwed. Because they're coming to take what we got. That's what they're coming for. So it's almost better we don't come into contact. Because any type of civilization we could ever come into contact with, it's not going to be like us. It's going to be either microbial, like super, like maybe silicone-based life. Like super basic type life which that would be incredible because that means intelligent life is definitely possible aside from us but for us to hit the fucking universal jackpot to come into contact with a civilization on our level that is just so unlikely like most likely if we came in contact with some type of intelligent species they would have a head start on us by potentially billions of years right so like i mean you don't even know what that looks like like that looks like to us like they would look like gods they would be godlike well, speaking of that, you know, throughout the history of man's recording of his time on this planet, we've seen everything from cave drawings to other replications that look oddly familiar to some form of space traveling entity with spacesuit like shapes and things of that nature, which would suggest that certainly things have been seen. Maybe, maybe not. I mean... Well, you think that could just be a caveman? I mean, it, well, it could be. It could be. I mean, people see UFO stuff today, but a lot of it tends to be like you know trickeries with lights and you know stuff on the horizon or like little shiny balls and like yeah. what is it ball lightning like stuff like that. It could be natural phenomena, but it could also just be made up stories like people having dreams about it and doing that or people lying. Yeah, because there hasn't been really. I mean, there's been sightings of UFOs, but as far as stuff back then, I mean. It's interesting, but it's not, at least to me, it's just not that interesting. Well, I find it, I find it's it. It's possible. Certainly, but, but it seems to me, just like with the way there was the development of religion in Earth's history, where, where Earth men and women ascribed human qualities to this gray-haired, handsome man, right? I mean, they made him an angry god or a loving god or... Uh, they they put human qualities into the equation, into the what into God the looks like. Yeah, well, not so much looks like, but how God behaves. First of well, all, well, of course they did because they created them. Exactly. It or would not we. be surprising then that you would really come out of the gate with the idea of 
why would they even want to get to know us? And I kind of get it. But at the same time, aren't we ascribing the human quality? Like if we went to another planet, we are not going to be, we're going to be looking for stuff that benefits us. First of all, technologically, we can't do that. Yeah, if we had the capability to do that right now with the type of culture and society we have, yeah, we're going to be going for looking, looking and conquering, basically, is in claiming. That's what we'll be looking, doing. Conquering and claiming. That sounds like an album coming out next well, week. Well, that's, that's what we would be doing. But maybe it's only society capable that have technology or a technology capable of doing such a thing culturally that doesn't translate like you can't have the technology and the culture we do and be capable of doing that type of stuff with that level of technology coupled with our kind of like aggressive culture it tends to implode and so there's so anyway there's there's this like scientific um idea behind uh the stages of civilizations or like categories of galactic civilizations so you have like stage one stage two stage three stage and i i can't remember the exact particulars but stage one have you ever heard of this no okay well stage one which i believe is what we are is ultimately you you you're capable of harnessing all of the resources on the planet okay and to maximum capacity and that might that I think that includes like like solar panels, fossil fuel fuels, wind power, like everything. You're able to like utilize the entire energy of the planet for your whatever. And along that comes nuclear nuclear reactors and nuclear weapons. So like all types of energy. A category two civilization is a civilization that has grown beyond that, and they're capable of harnessing the entire power of their sun. So which basically means they have not infinite energy, but practically speaking, they have in, they have no energy needs anymore as a planet. All right, pause for just a second. On that one, we're not talking about another evolution of solar power. We're talking about No, we're talking we're talking about putting solar pan panels directly like, like orbiting Nik the sun. Nikolai Tesla type stuff, yeah. energy out of the air. Yeah. I mean, okay. at that point, like we're talking like nuclear fusion type, like we have no more energy problems. Need. Yeah. It's free too. It's basically free. So you can harness the energy of the sun. So that's category two. There may be, there may have been hundreds, millions of intelligent life civilizations that have come and gone that have never really been able to, okay, well, let me back up. So category three is you're able to harness the capacity of not just your sun, but every single sun in your galaxy. Wow. That's pretty significant. So that, but I mean, that's, that's the second one. That's the, that's Third the final, that's, that's the, the final. Okay. So that's kind of like, you know, Star that's Trek. Before you even leave your galaxy. Well, right. So, but that's like, you know, I mean, an advanced version of Star Trek Federation type shit, right. right? Hold on. Was Star Trek confined to the galaxy? I don't know. But I mean, it's just an example. Like it would be an intergalactic society that was able of harnessing every single sun in their galaxy. Right. And using it congruently. Where that leaves us is we're currently we're currently category one. And there's a huge barrier to entry into getting from category one to category two. And it tends to be the potential is that in order to get to category two, the planet essentially or the society has to be united such that they don't blow each other up or they don't make it. They don't make it to category two. And if you don't get to category two, there's no intergalactic space travel and you can't get to category three. So there could have been hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of intelligent life societies in the past seven billion years the universe has been around that have come gotten to stage one and nuked each other to death gone forever don't know and at the same time there could have been multiple stage two societies that aren't necessarily intergalactic they can harness the power well they harness the power of their sun but like their their immediate solar system i think is number two but those types of societies don't necessarily stage two they don't necessarily have faster or near light speed travel so there's no traveling around so really the only type of civilization that could come here would be a three would be potent most likely 
a stage three civilization who has no need or no want or no desire to have a conversation with us at all. So like, it's not even my example of us talking to ants ain't even accurate. It's like us talking to bacteria. It doesn't even make sense. Like they're a society that is energy independent at that point. I mean, it, obviously I don't have a formal education on any of this shit. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. Qualify there, yeah. But I mean, I've I've heard enough lectures about this topic to to kind of understand the ramifications and like the breadth of this topic to know that I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. But I've heard enough to kind of get a gist. Just for instance, a Type Three civilization who's capable of intergalactic not just travel but intergalactic energy harness, potentially like being capable of harnessing the gravitational energy of the supermassive black holes that tend to lie in the center of galaxies. They're capable of harnessing that so like what is their desire to spread further like what is the drive like the drive for us as a, a type one species to kind of start experimenting with space travel and like you know maybe a colony on mars or something like that with spacex and those types of things is primarily resource driven resources but once you reach stage stage one or once you get past stage one into stage two you've essentially solved your energy needs for your planet you have total harness of all energy of the sun and your immediate surroundings in the solar system so you don't really have energy needs the only real reason to expand is just to explore just because you can and so there's not really like it's hard to even just understand the reasons why anybody would care to do that. And not to mention, it's totally possible that once you reach the full capacity of stage one or you enter into stage two, or we have full, we have no more energy needs, immediate energy needs. The only reason we would get more energy needs is if we start sending off intergalactic colonies to places to where we need to start harnessing their suns. And then that's how it grows into stage three. There's also the, the aspect that we're not talking about, which is the AI aspect, which comes in to this conversation to varying degrees, maybe in totality and the idea of our capacity to simulate reality to the extent coupled with artificial intelligence and an unlimited supply of energy for our immediate needs that we might not need to go travel we might not feel the need to explore because why would you explore space and all these empty planets looking for a little microbe in life and when you can kind of explore your own mind and your own imagination by creating virtual worlds and never leave the planet. So all you're doing by exploring the universe, not to say it's not worthwhile, but the more technologically advanced you get, the more likely it is you are running into someone of equal or most likely greater technological depth than your own societies, which could be potentially dangerous. But again, it's, you don't, it's, I don't, I mean, I have no idea. I'm just thinking like a kind of society that can make it past the nuclear killer cell stage that is essentially a united global society. Obviously, society in general, when you're dealing with millions and millions of people, there's or billions of people, you're always going to have conflicts, but they're not going to be like, let's go to war with the half the planets going to war with each other type conflicts, most likely, especially when you're dealing with the level of weaponry and energy that we have. I mean, one major global conflict and someone will blow up the fucking sun or something. So it's just not like, I don't think it's likely. I mean, and this, this is development that takes, you know, thousands of years. It's already projected that we're going to have some real level of actual self-aware AI within the next 50 years to 100 years. So you're telling me thousands of years. I mean, there's like, there's no real way to even know what anything's going to look like. It does kind of make me worry a little bit that if somehow by some miracle humanity is able to kind of get to like a stage two scenario thousands of years from now where, you know, we have this peaceful utopia, post-scare society, blah, blah, blah. And then somehow by some 1% chance we make it to like a stage three thing. I mean, at this point, we're basically... Basically, our society is basically a fusion of biological and artificial data, essentially. Right. We're not going to have any experience with fighting, with direct conflict. 
with anything other than us. And so, and neither would the society we come into contact with, most likely. So I don't know what that looks like, but. I want to go back to something you mentioned. Well, about... just to, to kind of wrap it up and put a bow on it. I No, I don't think aliens have ever visited this planet. Ever? No. Boy, that that's a hard left turn. I was, here's where, I, and that's okay. But here's what I was going to say before I get to your left turn. It seems natural to ascribe human qualities like we did to the gods to other beings that might have the intelligence to leave their world and look around a little. And that it's interesting and logical that we might put into to those scenarios, kind of an, a, a potentially ominous scenario where other planets might happen to be in the area, but they'd probably be more interested in behaving like us, which is, as you talked about, you know, locating resources and or taking them uh, as opposed to negotiating them or even just to explore for the, the sake of exploring. You know, there are scientists who do explore in their field of study purely to learn. Of course. Not to necessarily become commercialized in the end result. So I'm thinking, why wouldn't it be possible? I do think space ex exploration, that, that will be a thing. But will it be more of a thing rather than having people explore their own simulated realities here at home? I don't know. Inner space. I don't know. Yeah, inner space. I, I, I don't get, know. I get what you're saying. And I think that's totally right that we are going to spend a huge amount of energy as an individual and a people to explore the inner space relationship with artificial intelligence. I agree. On your left turn about your feelings of there never having been a close encounter. Certainly there's no evidence to prove you wrong. I guess so many things that have occurred that seem like they're so fantastical that maybe it's possible. Did you see like that? Like what? Well, for example, to keep something out of the commercial sector that's wildly going to produce revenue. Okay, well, if, if we're incapable of doing that, then we're also incapable of keeping the lid tight on whether or not aliens exist. Well, that's a good point. I could see that. I disagree. I think we are totally capable of keeping technology to ourselves within the government due to high security clearance reasons. That makes total sense, which gives the possibility for leaving that type of information locked up also for that aliens exist. I just don't think for the for the fucking TED talk I just gave that they have visited. I don't think so. It doesn't. It's possible. Sure, it's possible. And, and but I, and, but, and especially even if and if they if they did, they're not going to look like little gray men, man. I'm just trying to extrapolate kind of the way things are going now through my lifetime and kind of what we can extrapolate about what's coming with AI and the merging of humanity and machines that we ain't going to look like what we do today 100 years from now at all. And so a society that's capable of interplanetary space travel will probably all be all but machine, like essentially essentially machine intelligence. Like it won't even be, there'll be some remnants of biological process, but it'll be probably more machine than biological life. And so what that'll look like, I mean, you have no, there's no, you have no idea. I mean, so I guess to that extent, maybe they have visited and you just don't know what you're looking for. I mean, maybe. That's a good point. I That's think possible. About that. And it would seem also possible if they were to be advanced enough to bend a black hole so that you know, in 15 minutes, they could go across several solar systems, then it would seem possible that they could explore an area of the universe without being noticed. Some well, but yeah, but... Unless they want to be noticed. Well, 
compared to us, like, you know, we don't care if ants notice us. Like, why would they care whether or not we notice them or not? Like, they wouldn't, they, why would they even care at all? Unless they were kind of like on our level technologically, well, which no, that's think, impossible. There's gotta, no way. Gotta... Now, if they're going to take the, the scientist exploration approach, kind of like a, a an environmentalist where it's like, we don't want to touch any rocks right. and we just want to leave everything where it is. Well, that was the prime like, directive. Maybe, maybe. Okay. Remember the prime directive in Star Trek was exactly Maybe, that. maybe, but that's, that's also i mean that's as far as we know that's a human idea no other animal does that no that's true so that's a human thing now which could be tied to just being an intelligent thing maybe but there are billions and billions and billions and billions of planets why would they care and if they're capable i mean unless life really is just that rare and if it is that rare i mean there's no way to know what they would would do if it is that that rare and that's what they're looking for, then why wouldn't they just help us and make sure we survive and say, hey, you guys don't blow each other up. There have been thoughts and ideas that that's exactly what prompted the elevation of visits to the planet in 1944, a full year before the end of the war as we developed nuclear power. There was a marked increase in the number of sightings, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, but that's during wartime. I mean, of course, you're going to see confidential well, military aircraft flying around where nobody knows what they're seeing and everybody's on hyper alert. Remember like the Battle of Los Angeles story? Yes, yes. Where Los Angeles was turned into lockdown around, what is it, 42? Right. Due to like, and basically the whole city, for our listeners, the whole city was basically set ablaze by military guns and anti-aircraft weaponry. Right. And they're like the whole- shooting into the air. Yeah, right. they're shooting into the air for like 30 minutes at 3 a.m. in the morning and n nobody ever found out what the fuck was happening. But it, I think that- the reasonable answer is because there were there were weather balloons basically the government and the entire city was on such high alert because there had been submarines spotted enemy submarines saw, spotted off the coast that they were just they saw something and they're just like fuck and they just started blowing up the sky you're dealing in, a, in a, a way where that's that's in the middle or at the end of wartime and the military is acting across multiple countries pulling out the best fucking shit they got that's and true. like nobody knows what's going on and everybody's scared i mean okay that's a real logical explanation and I don't disagree with it. And all governments are giving propagandized reasons for all these things. That's so they're true. calling their military aircraft, those are weather balloons and like all these because they're trying to throw off their enemies. Maybe. You know, your point, of, you brought up a point earlier that was really good about anytime you get a group of people together, it's next to impossible to keep a secret. There are some certainly, and maybe under threat of death, you might be able to, but man, it would take a lot for secrets to remain undercover in most instances. There can also be a reason to do it from an honorable one. If you work on black projects for a government, you might feel an, an honoring of the commitment to be quiet about it because you love your country or your company or whatever. In the Roswell situation, there were everyday people that were holding things up and talking about things and pictures of things and even authority figures that were considerably out of the government loop that were all looking at this as a real event of, uh, of a craft that crashed on a ranch outside of Roswell that produced such a buzz that the United States government came and the story changed in a matter of hours after they became involved. It seems to me that that's a rather complex story to just make up. Whether it was the rancher who called the sheriff and the sheriff who came out and took pictures 
the relatives who came to the ranch guy's house into the kitchen where they had brought a lot of the material, which was very odd and interesting. It seems as though that's a rather elaborate hoax to be committed and controlled. Well, I don't think it was a hoax. I think it was a cover-up. Like, it was a cover-up for probably some type of black op military craft craft project that they didn't want people to find out about i mean that's the simple explanation okay okay without saying anything else i agree that that would be really reasonable to immediately turn it into that because you don't want that getting in the newspaper and your enemies seeing that you've got a new kind of material that you can travel with the stories that went around were of a crashed ship and deceased Maybe. Something. Okay, well, so is it possible that maybe, like, you know, another society sent out their little rover that had, like, a, a single astronaut, something kind of with highly tech, like an intergalactic scout, okay, and they, they happened to crash. They crashed here. They had a malfunction or something. They crashed. Are you talking about something from another part of this planet? No, no, something from a different oh, galaxy. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. Yeah, so like a real a extraterrestrial. Probe. A probe. Yeah, a probe or like a a, a person, well, apparently like a sentient thing that was flying a probe or a ship, okay? I don't think that happened simply because, is it possible? Yeah, sure, it's possible. I don't think it happened because when you're dealing with that level of technology and a species as intelligent to have the capacity to create and manage intergalactic travel, they don't make fucking mistakes. There's no mistakes to be made. Then, not to mention, it's like you crashed from a, a malfunction. What, they ran out of gas? Like, they don't, they don't need, they literally would generate energy on the ship to travel. So like, like even like NASA, like when they go on space exploration or they, we went to the mood, like there's no mistakes. You don't make mistakes. Those people don't make mistakes. There are no mistakes to be made or you don't get to the moon. And we're not talking about the moon. Yeah. We're talking about going to a different galaxy Yeah. or within the galaxy. We're talking about next to, if not light speed travel, you don't make mistakes. So no, they didn't crash. Nobody crashed. It was a military aircraft that they wanted to cover up for whatever reason. It just so, I mean, it, and it kind of makes sense to play into the whole alien mythos because that the government's like, yeah, believe that. That's, yeah, it was aliens. Let's make it look like we're covering up for aliens. That's good. Right. Let's do that. Because then people will be so enamored with that where it's like the government's covering up. Aliens are real. I knew it. Meanwhile, they're like, yeah, you keep believing that because that's good. Sure. I totally get where you're going. And that makes sense logically, because as you've often said, and we and many in the world would say, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and so and we have none. You have to almost go down the road. You well, just we don't have to. none. I mean, we have videos and pictures of blind Blur, stuff, blurry pictures. Yeah, but that's and that's evidence, but that ain't enough. No, that no, I agree, I agree. But there have been writings that have suggested. I'm going back to ancient man where cave drawings look eerily similar to the kind of upright being might look in a shape that came from another world, like a spacesuit or something of that nature. Now, it could have been a vision versus actually. I know, but maybe, I mean, but we're talking, I mean, he could have just drawn his grandfather who was the king. And, and that's the best he could well, do. Well, he tried to dress him up in their, you know, ceremonial garb. And it looks like an ass. And it looks like shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's possible. As societies and worlds do like you suggested, maybe go from stage one to the potential for stage two or the potential to just flat out destroy themselves. It's been suggested that the reason there was an elevation in sightings as the uh, end of World War II came about and the uh, development of nuclear energy was evident or imminent was that they were concerned that the way that we behave on this planet, which is certainly childlike in the way that we... Well, it's, it's that, it's... I think it's the evolutionary process of 
weeding out that childlike behavior and the aggressiveness and the volatility right. that would lead a civilization if they don't fix that to basically destroy themselves through nuclear war. Maybe intelligent life is extremely common. Maybe, I mean, we're talking about as if maybe it's and rare. we're not really intelligent comparatively. Well, comparatively, but maybe even civilizations like ours, maybe civilizations that are type one moving into type two area with nuclear weapons and that capability, maybe that's extremely common and most don't make it. Maybe that's the truth. And so the advanced intergalactic federation, if you will, doesn't even bother contacting civilizations like ours because there's so many and you have to earn your right to be part of the Galactic Senate by reaching stage two and not being children. And not blowing yourself up. Yeah, if once you can reach stage two, you've developed kind of an evolutionary maturity to where now maybe there will be scouts coming and checking us out and like sending a welcome okay letter. Here. Sending <laughs> a welcome letter and being like, you know, a welcome, welcome letter or yeah. something, you know? <laughs> I love that. But until that time, we're not worth dealing with because most likely our society is going to fail just like the many hundreds of millions of others that have. So it's just not even worth bothering. Yeah, but when a child is learning to walk upright, there's a natural tendency for another being, now granted it's a like being, to want to kind of help either directly or or just encouragement or... Well, again, again, it's, it's not like you're acting as if life is precious. And what I'm saying is that maybe it's not. Maybe it's extremely common. Yeah. I mean, because the universe is that big. We have no idea of knowing. So maybe it really, it's not that precious. It's extremely common. And our society is not at all unique at all. And so, I mean, you're dealing with hundreds of billions of societies like ours. Like we're not even going to bother contacting you until you can prove that you can change your own diaper. Right. You know, and that's, that's more of the take. I got you. And so I don't know. So really, probably as opposed to the energy we spend in trying to validate, verify or confirm any extraterrestrial connection, we probably should direct our energy towards not beating the shit out of each other. If we can solve our own technological and political socioeconomical issues here, the, the, the solutions we find to solve those planetary issues, especially with like climate change and stuff like that. I mean, it might not even be nuclear war that kind of does everything in. It might right. be climate change change right we can't i mean we can't fix coronavirus and it's staring us in the face that kind of paints a bleak picture for how us as a global society is going to handle climate change yeah and we're very quickly approaching the can't go back territory to yeah. where the damage is done and so that might be kind of what does us in or probably a combination i would say it's probably a combination where global the global climate crisis that's going on now but is going to continually get worse if actions aren't taken very quickly that's going to cause certain swaths of the planetary population to become displaced to the extent that massive amounts of civil unrest is going to occur, massive amounts of migration and immigration into other countries for refuge is going to occur, which is going to lead to more civil un unrest within those countries, and mass just coupled with wealth inequality and all these fucking issues, like it's just going to implode. If we can find, if we do survive and we find solution to those issues, then it's likely possible that other civilizations have found very similar issues, and maybe that's maybe it's that's the only route to take in order to kind of make it to a stage two civilization scenario. It's like, you got to solve those things. If you can solve those things, you're intelligent enough and mature enough as a species to get a welcome letter right. from the, the galactic society that probably is super intelligent and is probably, you know, maybe acting like a father figure to help the children. But we ain't children yet. Yeah, we're, we're still a zygote. We ain't even children. So there's no 
like you don't help a zygote. All right, so uh, with you, you remain like we haven't even been born yet. We're still like in the womb. You can't raise a baby till he's born, and so we don't. We're not born potentially. They have to wait till they're born until yeah. we're stage two. That's what being born is, stage two. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Is there anything that you'd like to send out as a message? Anything that you would say that will go into infinity as far as space goes? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just bringing everything around full circle even though it's not going to happen and it's directly opposed to the whole point of us reaching stage two i would just ask for help have you seen the stars tonight would you like to go up on a deck and look at them with me have you seen the stars tonight Would you like to go up for a stroll and keep me company? Do you know we could go? We are free. Any place you could think of. for help.